welcome to Careers for the Blind. I'll be your host, Harrison Hoyes. And in this interview series, we'll be having conversations with blind and visually impaired people discussing their career paths. We'll have an opportunity to hear about the struggles they had along the way, advice that made them more effective in their careers, and in general, what has helped them lead happy and successful lives. Anthony Andreadala is a licensed mental health counselor and a licensed alcohol and substance abuse counselor. Anthony lost his sight over an extended period of time due to retinitis pigmentosa, and it wasn't until he was in his 20s that he realized and finally was diagnosed with RP. Once he was diagnosed, he realized he wouldn't be able to continue driving trucks, and a career path change was in order. That's when he discovered counseling and his love and passion for helping other people. Here's my conversation with Anthony. Hold on. Oh my gosh. Oh, that was so good too. Oh, oh man. Oh shoot. It's okay. <laughs> That's the first time I've done that. Um, <laughs> if you don't hit record, it won't work. Yeah. That's, oh man. At least it makes uh, it difficult. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me and sharing your story. Let's start out. Tell me a little bit about your childhood and where you grew up. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for having me uh, on. Uh, my, uh, my, well, I started out as a young child. I grew up in the north end of Boston, a historical Italian neighborhood where uh, I grew up with my mom, dad, and older sister. And uh, we eventually uh, moved out to the suburbs of uh, Medford, uh, when I was about 10, 11 years old, and I've lived here, uh, you know, ever since. Okay. And tell me a little bit about your, uh, your education, your high school and college experience. Okay. Well, I, uh, I attended, uh, you know, uh, the local uh, public schools, and uh, I, uh, I didn't realize uh, growing up that I had a, uh, an eye condition. I uh, I just thought I had, you know, bad eyesight, and I wore glasses, and uh, I experienced some uh, some uh, some uh, loss of vision. But I never kind of attributed it to anything other than, you know, needing, uh, you know, needing better glasses, or uh, you know, just uh, just having poor eyesight. And uh, it wasn't until I started driving I noticed that I uh, didn't see well at night, you know, driving a car. And uh, I, uh, I pretty much made it through uh, high school uh, not knowing that I was experiencing, uh, you know, vision loss and that I was going blind. I, uh, I uh, you know, I, I uh, did okay. I just, you know, I struggled with stuff like sports and uh, because I didn't know that I didn't have any peripheral vision and I couldn't see the ball coming a lot. And you know, different things, but uh, I, I, I didn't know that my vision was that much different than anyone else's. So at what point was it that you were diagnosed and what was the diagnosis? Well, I have uh, retinitis pigmentosa. Right now I'm, uh, I'm pretty much totally blind. I just have a little bit of light perception, but uh, I was diagnosed at age 24 and that was after I was involved in a, a truck accident, a rollover on the highway and I had uh, broken uh, a bone 
and I had an orbital fracture in my face and uh, I was hospitalized. And uh, while I was hospitalized for that injury, uh, they, they called in an ophthalmologist to make sure it hadn't affected my vision. And uh, once he examined me, he started asking me a series of questions about, uh, you know, about, um, you know, um, night vision and, um, you know, and he checked my peripheral field and, and uh, later he uh, diagnosed me with, uh, with RP. Uh, at age 24, I was, it was uh, pretty out of left field for me. Uh, I knew I had bad eyesight, but I didn't know that I was experiencing, uh, you know, uh, major vision loss. Sure, sure. And then I guess after you were diagnosed, what was going through your head and, and were you thinking about what kind of career you might be able to pursue? Yes, uh, you know, truck driving and uh, I, I was working in the family business at the time and it involved a lot of driving and uh, traveling and, uh, you know, it, it, it was clear that that was something I couldn't do anymore. I, I, I wasn't able to, you know, drive a, a truck anymore. And, uh, I, I, you know, I was told that, you know, my vision was going to get progressively worse. And, uh, I, uh, I, at, at that time decided, you know, I needed to, uh, to do something different. And it was, you know, it took a couple of year or two before I kind of finally decided to, uh, you know, to make a complete change in my, uh, my life path. Okay. And ultimately, what was the path that you chose? What kind of career path did you settle on? Well, I uh, I became uh, at this uh, around that time. I, I I took a part time job as a a counselor's assistant, working in a hospital at a rehabilitation uh, psychiatric uh, detoxification center and uh, I, uh, I kind of enjoyed it. It was something that I, I saw that uh, you know, I was able to do. I, it didn't involve any driving and uh, I, uh, you know, I, I spent more time talking to people and doing things that, uh, you know, that, were, uh, you know, that I considered to be safe that didn't involve uh, you know, uh, traveling or doing, uh, doing physical stuff that, uh, I, you know, that would... Uh, you know that uh, having the less vision uh, would uh, would affect. Okay, was was it was it a little bit of luck that you kind of just decided to give that a try, or did you um, you know actively pursue it as something that you could do without vision? Oh, actually, it was the first it was the first job offer I had in a while, so I just. Uh, I just, I just took it, you know, it was, uh, I was like, yeah, I, I, I think I can do that. Uh, so I, uh, I, I, it was kind of, let me just give this a try. And, uh, once I got there and got to, uh, to see what, you know, what the type of that work involved and, uh, what it was like and, uh, what, you know, you needed to do to be successful at, uh, at, um, you know, the kind of path kind of, uh, you know, just, uh, just was there. So I, you know, I took it. Mm-hmm. And then how, how did you continue to pursue your, your, your field and your education? Well, I had, um, I had tried, you know, college after high school, but, uh, 
before going into business with uh, my dad and the family. I, I, I had taken a few college courses, but I also wasn't sure on what I wanted to do. I kind of, part of me wanted to be an attorney, but, uh, you know, just saw the path, you know, so long and, uh, you know, so I felt that it was too late. Now I was, I was getting into my, uh, you know, uh, you know, I was over 25, 25, 26 years old. I said, gee, you know, I'm, you know, five, six years late, you know, to the game. So I didn't think it was realistic uh, for me to, you know, go into, you know, eight more years, you know, seven, eight years of education at, at that time. And uh, I needed to work. So um, counseling was, for me, was something I could do after work. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I got my undergrad and my two master's degrees while I was working full time. I, uh, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I never took time off to attend school, you know, full time. I just uh, did it along with, uh, you know, it's kind of as uh, part of my job. You know, at that point, I just, you know, took a little, took little bites at it, and uh, so it took me a while to, uh, to, uh, you know, finish my education and uh, to get, you know, my licenses. But it, uh, you know, it, uh, it was, it was all done part-time as while I, while I worked and could pay for it at the same time. Okay. Were you using any kind of assistive technology going through your high, your higher level education? Initially, no, you know, I, 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 uh, I was able to read, I had a very narrow field, but I could, uh, with bright lights, I could, I could read. So I, 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 kind of modeled through my first year or two uh, with just uh, my limited vision. Uh, I probably didn't read half the, uh, the assignments uh, because it, it took me a lot longer, but I, uh, I still was able to, uh, you know, take a test on paper. And, and, uh, and uh, so I, I kind of modeled through it for a couple of years, but as my vision got worse, I, uh, I, uh, I took some time to uh, attend a school for the blind where I got, you know, some, uh, some, uh, some training and uh, learned to use uh, some uh, computer assistive technology. Okay. Uh, how old were you at that, at that point? Uh, I was 20, uh, 26 or 20, uh, a bad memory. Uh, I was both, I was 27 at, at that point when I went to the uh, Carroll Center for the Blind in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I was there about for four years. And this was kind of in the early years of uh, computers. You know, this was before, uh, you, know, you know, the the Internet. I, I didn't, you know, there wasn't, we didn't even have email at that time. Everything was kind of, uh, you know, uh, DOS uh, programs with, uh, you know, what a, you know this little synthesizer that uh, that had this really crude computer voice. Uh, you know that uh, kind of plugged in to the computer, and uh, but uh, so it was. Uh, it wasn't as quick and easy as it is uh, today. You know they they hadn't invented you know scan to read kind of things at that point. You know it was that was uh, that was like brand new, 
and uh, very expensive. So uh, I uh, I was able to uh, you know to start out that way. And as uh, time went on and technology got better and things got easier to afford and to access, I uh, I picked up some skills along the way that helped me later in uh, my education. Okay. With your employers, uh, did they know that you had vision issues? Did How were those conversations when you were applying for jobs? Um, what was that process like? Well, my initial job, uh, when I started, I had, you know, pretty, uh, pretty, you know, I didn't have good vision, but I, I had enough to kind of uh, fake my way through it. And um, I was there for about five years, so... But probably by the time I left, people knew that I was uh, I was experiencing uh, uh, you know a fair amount of vision loss, and uh, I uh, you know I, I, I at that point started using uh, a cane, uh, not a white cane, just a regular cane to just kind of help navigate around. I was uh, very reluctant to uh, use a white cane at work. I I don't I don't know why, but uh, it just uh, I just wasn't comfortable. With it, I felt uh, I felt that somehow that it would put me at a disadvantage, and uh, so I uh, I fought it for as long as I could. Okay, how old were you when you ultimately started using the cane full time? Uh, probably um, in my early thirties. In my in my early thirties, was it became kind of a unavoidable instead of becoming a, a safety issue people uh, people didn't realize that uh you know how limited my vision was and you know i uh, and uh, you know I, I was started getting really uh to the point that i would be bumping into things and stuff and people and realized that uh i was i was struggling so uh, it became more of a more of a symbol you know that uh you know, get out of my way, you know. Uh, <laughs> yep. I, uh, I, uh, I fought it for as long as I could, you know. But uh, it, uh, you know, I believe once, you know, as I started to uh, explore different things and change my career, uh, you know, uh, walking into a job interview with a white cane, uh, you know, I, I, I remember, you know, uh, you know the reactions that I would get. You know that uh, uh, you know I, I had interviews where I was you know just uh, kind of uh, you know quickly shown the door. You know uh, uh, that people really didn't. People were not comfortable with somebody with vision loss. Uh, you know uh, even applying for a, for a job. Uh, mm -hmm. I got some very uh, unusual reactions. You know, uh, and uh, uh, but then I also had a few people that uh, that were willing to give me to give me a chance. So it kind of went both ways. Right. Okay. All right. For for I guess the people that were willing to give you a chance, how did you convince them, or what, what was the interview process like with those folks that were you ultimately accepted positions? Well, uh, one of the jobs that I was at for you know, 15 years, I, uh, I remember walking in and I used uh, a walking stick and it wasn't a white tip cane. 
but I my vision was pretty pretty gone at that point. But I I uh, I went in and uh, and I sat down and and I, I kind of faked my way. You know, I was I, I had, you know sometimes I could do good. I could you know get in and not bump into anything and you know uh, and I would hope that I would uh, I would uh, I could convince the person that I you know that I had a, a lot of skills and uh, and they would overlook the vision stuff so but uh, I got in and I sat down and and we started talking and and the woman goes oh are you blind? <laughs> and I said, I said, I said, yeah. And she goes, Oh, my, my daughter-in-law is, uh, is blind too. <laughs> you know? And, uh-huh. and it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, you know, and it was, uh, you know, I got off of that job and I took it and, you know, I, I stayed with that company, uh, for, uh, about 15 years. So that was, uh, probably my, uh, longest, uh, employer. And it was, uh, and, uh, it was because you know the interviewer was uh, was you know had a, you know, a special kind of uh, relationship with a blind person and uh, understood what I was uh, trying to do. Right, right. Yeah, I don't think there's many people that are going to have that same situation. But it's it's yeah. How many interviews would you say or jobs did you apply for before that came about? Do you know? I had uh, two or three uh, interviews where you know it was clear that uh, that uh, you know that my not having uh, uh, without even really stating that I was blind, just just by saying that uh, you know I um, you know I had uh, I was low vision and I didn't drive uh, was you know you know kind of. Uh, sealed my fate, you know, I never, ne- jobs that I was, you know, pretty qualified for, never, I never made it to the second interview. And, uh, and a couple of times the people really kind of, uh, you know, once they saw, you know, my situation, they, uh, you know, they pretty much didn't even let me finish the whole interview process. They kind of, you know, wrapped it up quickly, uh, you know, told me they had, you know, lot of applicants and you know thanks for coming in <laughs> kind right, of uh, right yeah. right yeah. yeah i guess sometimes it takes a little bit of luck to find the right person to, to you know to give you a shot and you said you were there for 15 years that's 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 awesome uh, what was that job and i guess day to day how were you doing your job well it would took a lot of uh you know uh, i was uh director of a housing program for people with different disabilities. So, uh, you know, the organization of Justice Resource Institute, they were very, uh, you know, uh, they were an agency that kind of worked with different populations, people with different disabilities and different disadvantages. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what attracted me to them. But uh, I was the only person uh, with a... uh, you know what a you know what a what a physical disability that uh, that I know of that worked at the organization. There were people who had you know different types of disabilities, but not anyone like who had anything like vision loss that kind of affected them from you know uh, doing their kind of day to day you know uh, responsibilities. But uh, I found ways. You know I uh, you know I I got to where I was 
supposed to be and uh, you know used the computer technology to get my paperwork done and uh, you know i uh, i you know relied on you know the staff that worked for me for, to do some of the things that you know you just can't do without vision on a you know on a on a on a job site uh, and you know i developed different kind of uh, tricks over the years to kind of uh, compensate for my vision loss you know whether it would you know whether it would be using uh, you know my uh, my assistant to uh, you know just to give me some uh, visual cues about you know one of my clients is uh, appearance and how they were presenting, you know, if they were, uh, you know, how they were, uh, how they were dressed or how their, uh, you know, facial uh, expressions were, you know, just to, so I, so I uh, had a clear uh, sense of what was going on around me. Okay. And then, so you're there, you're there for 15 years. What did you do after that? Well, while I was there, I, I started a, uh, a, uh, a part-time job. Uh, you know, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm married with a couple of uh, kids and, uh, uh, you know, counseling and human services is a great career, but it's not the, you know, the, uh, the highest paying, uh, uh, career path, uh, for people. Uh, so, uh, I needed to, uh, earn some extra money. So I took a part-time job at, uh, at, uh, at, uh, St. Anthony shrine in downtown Boston, which is, uh, a large, uh, a large, uh, church, but it also has a, a large, uh, human, uh, service component. So I, uh, I started running their, uh, counseling program there. And, uh, we work with, uh, uh, with all different people in downtown Boston. So I, I, uh, I started working there on, as, uh, as my second job. And, uh, you know, I continue there, uh, today I've been there for 15 years as well. Uh, so the two careers kind of overlapped. I've been with these two employers for pretty much most of, uh, my, uh, professional career. So the, the part-time job eventually turned into a full-time? Well, I'm, uh, it, it's part-time, but it seems like it's full-time. Okay. I, it's, uh, I kind of, uh, after 15 years at uh, my, uh, my, uh, my day job, I, uh, I, uh, I took a disability uh, from that position so I could uh, focus uh, on uh, my part-time job so i can uh, i i work part-time the last couple of years and uh and uh and i uh i work about 18 to 20 hours a week but uh it it could really be a full-time job but i kind of uh have uh structured it so i i can do it part-time okay and and kind of s similarly with that job, you know, how do you do your day to day? What's what's uh, pretty typical for assistive technology and other things that allow you to do your job? Well, you know, I you know I have uh, you know a scanner and a computer set up in my office, which uh, by the way I haven't been in in five months because of uh, uh, the, you know 
this pandemic that we're all experiencing. So uh, I'm, I'm working remotely uh, from home right now, which, uh, you know, which is, uh, which should be kind of like a godsend for a blind person, but actually uh, I don't like it. I much rather uh, commute into work and, you know, be in my office and be face to face with people, uh, you know, because over time I've uh, come to depend on different, uh, different cues, non, you know, non-visual cues with people like uh, people's breathing and, you know, just, just the way people move in a chair. You know, I, you know, often I can tell, you know, someone's, someone's mood or, you know, how, you know, how uh, someone's, you know, experiencing being in the room with me just by, you know, just by the sounds they make, you know, mm-hmm. and I can pick that stuff up on Zoom or Skype or on the phone. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a little different for me. I, I'm, I'm still not quite completely adjusted to, uh, to, uh, you know, this other change. It took me a long time to get used to being uh, present in a room with somebody uh, while I'm blind and, uh, you know, and, uh, and, uh, but now it's, uh, it's something different, you know, it's easier in the sense that I don't have to kind of navigate and, you know, kind of, uh, explain, you know, my, uh, my situation to my clients. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's harder in a lot of, uh, in some ways that I didn't expect. Okay. What keeps you motivated to, you know, continue to, to work and to kind of strive and pursue your career? Huh. Well, I love what I do. You know, I, I really believe that, uh, you know, I, I've been given a gift that I, I, I get to do something that, uh, that, uh, you know, that some other people find uh, helpful in their lives. So I, I feel that uh, I've, uh, I was lucky in choosing uh, my, uh, my profession because I, uh, you know, I feel like it, uh, it's meaningful and not just, you know, to uh, other people, but, but, but to me. So I, yeah. Uh, I don't like, I don't envision myself, you know, retiring and doing nothing all day. I, I don't know what that would, what that would be like, you know, uh, just this with this, you know, pandemic and being away from, uh, from people is, uh, is, uh, is something that I, I, I didn't think would, uh, be as, uh, you know, alien as, as it is. Uh, so I, I, I like, getting the opportunity to talk to people and hopefully I you know there's some people that I uh, actually help kind of uh, help them uh, figure out how to make decisions for them and for themselves and their lives that uh, that uh, might actually make their uh, their lives a little easier a little bit more uh, meaningful okay you mentioned earlier uh, that you have a couple of kids do you mind? Can we talk a little bit about your family? Sure. Was when did you meet your wife, and was it a consideration in having children? Your vision loss. 
I met my wife at work. She was actually a nurse at that uh, that that uh, detox uh, facility, and uh, I initially met her there early uh, early in my career. She was uh, she was uh, on shift with me one night, and uh, we uh, we met. And later on, some years later, we uh, met again. And uh, you know, and it uh, no, and that was uh, you know, that was the start. And uh, um, yeah, no, I, you know, there was always, uh, you know, it's always, it was always a consideration, but, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, I didn't expect my vision to, uh, that I, that I would lose most of my vision so quickly, uh, in my early thirties. So, um, I, I thought that I would have uh, more functional vision longer. So, uh, uh, no, but, uh, we we found a way and we we made it happen. Yeah, good, good. What do you, what kinds of things are you doing for fun? And now that you have you know lost some uh, you know majority of your vision, and uh, what kind of hobbies did, have you had? Well, I like fishing. Fishing is probably my uh, you know my one outdoor kind of uh, activity. Uh, you don't need to have uh, you don't need to have vision to fish. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so fishing's always fun. I like to be outside. I like to be on the water. You know, I you know taking in the uh, the the, uh, the sounds and the smells of uh, the ocean and uh, fishing has always given me uh, some peace. Uh, this year, I've been uh, I uh, my dad passed away a couple of years ago when he uh, he left me an antique Model A car and. Uh, I've been kind of tinkering with that with some help from uh, some friends, but uh, you know, I'll get out there and I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll scrape rust and do some, uh, some turn some bolts. I can still, uh, I can still do some stuff. I have people, I have others double check my work, but uh, I've been, uh, I, I've been tinkering around with a car and uh, I haven't gone out fishing yet this year. A couple trips that I had booked were, uh, were canceled uh, because of restrictions, but I uh, hope to get out there before the cold weather. Okay. All right. Cool. Excellent. What advice would you have for, you know, somebody looking for just starting out with their career or needing a, a career change because of their vision loss? My advice would be to go for it. I, I probably, could have done things a little quicker and been a little bit more, uh, you know, probably gone gone a little further in my career if I wasn't hesitant and you know I wasn't as uh, as uh, not scared but kind of reluctant to uh, to take chances, you know, uh, afraid of failure. You know, can I do this? with no vision or, you know, will they accept me? Uh, you know, there's some doors I probably could have uh, made it through that I, I didn't even bother knocking on. So I, I wish I, I, uh, I, I pushed myself a little bit more, uh, that I wasn't, that I wasn't uh, reluctant. Uh, you know, I may have, uh, I may have, you know, had some opportunities uh, that, that I could have, 
you know, things I could have achieved that, uh, you know, that I didn't try for uh, because I, uh, I wanted you know how I would be received. And it really doesn't matter. I should, and uh, I should have, and uh, I encourage anyone to, you know, it, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter as long as, 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 as you try your hardest, you know, uh, I, people will kind of, uh, people will give you a shot if uh, you find the right people, you know, sometimes, uh, but you have to go out there and, and ask and push. And if anything, I should have pushed a little harder. And, uh, and if I, when I talk to people, that, that's what I encourage them to do is, you know, just to, to, you know, try to grab every rung you can, you know, try to get as high and far as you can go. Uh, there, there's, there's, no, there's no downside to it. Hearing Anthony's story has reminded me that sometimes it just takes some good luck and the right person to give you an opportunity and to not hold back. I'm gonna to try to keep striving, keep pushing the envelope, keep pursuing my career to the highest level that I can, and not be reluctant to continue to pursue my career to the greatest extent possible because I'm having issues with my vision. The only thing holding me back is me. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Come back to hear more inspiring stories from other blind and visually impaired people, and thanks for listening.